रहा है हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉकबस्टर तो माकेदार होगा एंटरटेनमेंट जब करण जोहर आयुष्मान खुराना और मनीष पॉल होस्ट करेंगे फिल्म फेयर की शानदार रात फिल्म फेयर के मंच पर होंगे रणबीर कपूर करीना कपूर खान कार्तिक आर्यन वरुण धवन जानवी कपूर और सारा अली खान के इलेक्ट्रीफाइंग परफॉर्मेंसेस तो हो जाइए तैयार फॉर हिंदी सिनेमा बिगेस्ट सेलिब्रेशन वॉट द सिक्सटी नाइन्थ फिल्म फेयर अवार्ड ट्वेंटी विद गुजरात टूरिज्म ऑन संडेटीन फेब्रवरी नाइन पी एम उंगली ऑन जी listening to the zero hour rest your eyes exercise your imagination today glen hall taylor's weird tale of a cadaver in a courtroom the corpse takes the stand In the mutual broadcasting system presentation of the Zero Hour, brought to you by the Ford Motor Company and Lazy Boy Recliners. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. Ford Dealers Late Late Show and our feature presentation entitled It's Clearance Time. An all-star cast has been assembled for this year's show. You'll see Ford LTD in its lead role as the well-built, strong, quiet type. The dashing style of Ford Torino, cast as the solid midsize. And though the parts are small, the performances are beautifully economical by the compact Maverick and Back to Basics Pinto. To the sporty Mustang II, critics at Motor Trend gave Car of the Year rave reviews. And in a special guest appearance, the magnificent Thunderbird gives an elegant show, performing at a surprisingly reasonable end-of-season price. There'll be continuous award-winning performances from the entire Ford lineup all through the summer of 74. So don't miss the action. See your local Ford dealer's Lake Lake clearance show today. Remember, the price of admission may never be this low again. A textbook on criminal investigation advises that the questioning of a witness must be formulated according to his mentality. And there are rules to guide the interrogation of witnesses who are reluctant, unreliable, garrulous, shy, or truculent. But nowhere in the textbook does it suggest how to proceed with the questioning if the person on the witness stand is dead. Therefore, when faced with a corpse in the courtroom, District Attorney Benedict Varna is forced to extemporize. As our story opens, the DA is talking with his assistant. There wasn't anything the judge could do but recess the case. You mean to say the body of William J. Williams was actually seated on the witness stand? Sure as I'm District Attorney. Our key witness was not only seated on the stand, deader than yesterday's news headlines, but the perpetrator of the gruesome joke had managed to prop one arm upright so that he appeared to be taking the oath. How was he killed? He'd been shot. Twice. In the head. Any indication of how they got the body into the courtroom? 
Police are working on that right now. So far, it's known only that the corpse was there when the courtroom was unlocked this morning. Any idea who was behind the bad joke? Probably won't surprise you that I suspect Andy Snyder. <laughs> no, it doesn't surprise me. After all, William's testimony would have clobbered Barker. We all know Barker is Snyder's stooge. And with Williams dead, it could blow our case higher than the price of gasoline. You know what I'm going to do, Harrington? What, Ben? I'm going to pay Andy Snyder a personal visit. I'm sure you won't have anything, not uh, not even a cup of java. Sorry, I hadn't finished breakfast. Oh, thanks, Snyder. As I told you before, I've already had my morning's quota of coffee. Oh, the Danish is the greatest. Can I have the butler bring you one, Mr. Varner? I said this wasn't a social visit, remember? So what have I got to do with a murder that was committed last night? The murdered man's name was Williams. He was an important witness in the Barker case, a case that affects you. Me? Yes. Williams had been killed, sneaked into the courtroom, and placed on the witness stand. <laughs> Far out. Whoever the guy is had done it, I gotta admire his sense of humor. Yes, you would. But this Barker case, Varna, why should it affect me? You know very well why it affects you. But just to let you know I'm not on a fishing expedition, let me blueprint some of what I know. Be my guest. Ah, great coffee. Algerian. Want some? Barker was picked up for trying to intimidate a saloon keeper into buying what was obviously bootleg whiskey. Yeah? When the saloon keeper refused, his tavern was wrecked. Are you sure Elliot Ness didn't do it? He was always doing it on TV. We checked on a whole string of such cases. The technique was the same each time. Barker was behind all of them. But, and this is how it affects you, Snyder. Barker's only a stooge working under orders for someone higher up. That is, if we can use the term higher up for someone as low down as you. That's a lot of malarkey. You don't have no proof of anything like that. But that isn't the important thing anymore, is it? We're going to get you on a murder charge. Yeah. All you've done so far is louse up my breakfast. By the looks of the grease on your chin, I'd say nobody could spoil your appetite. I'm going to see that you get put away just like you put away that food. Well, Chief, how'd you make out with Snyder? Actually, I didn't expect to accomplish anything. I just got so sore over that tasteless corpse thing, I had to tell him off right away. One thing I can't figure, Ben. What's that? Well, Snyder wants to maintain a respectable front on account of his political ties. So why would he jeopardize it by killing Williams? I don't think he did the job himself. Snyder undoubtedly let out a contract on Williams. Why should Williams be that important? My theory is that his testimony wasn't that important to Snyder. I think he was killed for an entirely different reason. Oh, like what, Chief? It's an old trick, Harrington. Serves a double purpose. First of all, it'll scare a lot of saloon men into making deals with Snyder's gang. Secondly... It'll serve as a warning to anyone else who might be tempted to testify against Andy Snyder. Mm -hmm. You see, Harrington, they... Excuse me. DA's office, Varna. Oh, good. What'd you come up with? Now, who's Prince Worthy? The name's familiar. Yeah, sounds as though he's our man. Good. Many thanks. Bye. Well, you sounded encouraged just then. Yes, momentarily at least. They discovered the corpse had been smuggled into the courtroom through a basement window. They removed the aluminum window sill, sent it down to police headquarters, came up with a clean set of fingerprints. It belonged to a character named Al Scott. Oh, yeah. He's that small-time rackets guy we sent up about three years ago. That's the one. 
He's been out a couple of months. There's a clincher they found a hat in the basement. The initials in the hat were A.S. Has Scott ever worked for Snyder? I don't know, but we'll soon find out. They've got an alarm out on him. With any kind of luck, they should be able to pick him up before the day's over. Hey, Chick. Yes, Scotty? Why Snyder wants to stay cooped up in this joint of yours? Well, he's got his reasons. Besides, where would you go if he was out of here? I don't know. To a movie, maybe? Or shoot some pool? Yeah, you'd still be cooped up. Yeah, but it'd be more sociable. Well, I'm sorry I can't put on a floor show for you or something. Nah, I didn't mean nothing personal. Hey, uh, you got any more of those comic books? Yeah, just them on the table. I read them all. Coming. Who is it? Me, Snyder. Oh, hiya, boss. Hello, Chick. Hi, Mr. Snyder. Hi, Scotty. Did they find the guy's body? Of course. <laughs> I bet the DA was sore. You got a great sense of humor, Mr. Snyder. I'm glad you think so, because by now he's probably got a set of your fingerprints. How come? You left them on the windowsill when you opened the basement window of the courthouse, remember? You said you was going to wipe them off. I forgot. You, you forgot? Chick, did you leave Al's hat in the basement like I told you? Sure did, boss. My hat? I wasn't wearing no hat when I climbed in that basement. Well, Chick left one with your initials on it. How can a hat have my initials on it when I wasn't wearing no hat? Think about it. You framed me. You dirty crumb. I'll blow the whistle on you. I'll spill everything. Shut that door and take care of him, Chick. You betcha. No. No, Chick. I'm your buddy. Remember? No. Oh. Oh. RCA asked these TV chief engineers about solid-state color television sets versus tube-type sets. Steve DeSatnik, WCVB-TV. Solid state makes a difference in fewer repairs, reliability, and excellent performance. Robert Porter, KMEX-TV. 100% solid state generates less heat, and therefore the components should last longer. In a nationwide survey, 95% of the TV chief engineers polled said they'd prefer to buy solid state for their next color TV. All the new RCA sets are 100% solid state, the XL100s. Charles Abel, KFMB-TV. I just recommended to my son that he buy an XL100 solid state set because of the greater reliability with less maintenance. For color, for reliability, consider the new RCAs. Every one is an RCA XL100. 100% solid state. Don't settle for less. There was a time when you were counted, when you knew it really counted, when you had to stand up for the things you believed in. There was a time you gave all you got, because your country meant a lot. Be proud of what you were, be counted again. stands for truth and honor, he speaks for us all. Be counted again, and stand up tall. You served your country, you answered the call. 
Oh, is uh, that the hat you asked headquarters to send over? Zip. Has Al Scott's initials in it, all right. Any news on the guy? Yeah, but you won't like it. Scott's dead. Dead? That's right. I was at headquarters when a call came in about a body being found in an alley down by the riverfront. I went down a patrol car. Had to take only one look at the body to know it was Scott. What happened to him? Well, strangled, I guess you'd say. I waited until the coroner arrived and looked him over. Said his neck was crushed. Could you tell if the murder was committed there? My hunch is it wasn't. It wasn't uh, nothing but warehouses in that area. Nobody'd go there at night. Uh, I think maybe he was dumped there after he'd been killed. From a car, maybe, huh? Is the alley wide enough for one to be driven through? Oh, yeah, plenty. But if you're thinking about tire tracks, Ben, no signs of any. You suppose Snyder might have had him killed, too? It's possible. You know, I've had a hunch about those clues that were found in the courthouse basement. They're much too obvious, especially the hat. You mean you think they were planted? Well, figure it this way. Anybody with a criminal background would know better than to leave prints in a conspicuous place. And he'd certainly be smart enough to retrieve his hat if it got knocked off or if he dropped it. That would mean that someone else was along on the job with Scott. Someone who planted those clues without his knowing it. Exactly. But who? Snyder, maybe? No, I don't think so. He usually has someone else do his dirty work. So he throws Scott to the wolves in order to cover up the first murder. You're zeroing in. Where's the body now, Harrington? Oh, uh, down at the morgue. You want to see it? I don't really want to, but I know I have to. Let's go. You got rid of the body, didn't you, Chick? Natch. I dumped him in an alley about five this morning. And the cops have probably found him by this time. <laughs> Between the stiff and the other clues, the DA will be running around in circles. Yeah, more than likely. Does that mean we lay low for a while? Why should we? Well, we start to move to booze again. The DA might still tie you to the operation. I won't have to appear in the picture at all now. But we need you to lay on the pressure, boss. You won't have to use pressure. If you run up against a stubborn saloon keeper, just use Williams as an example. That ought to make him listen to reason. Yeah, I guess it should. I went over to the distillery this morning. They have a new batch ready to move, so start taking orders for it. Sure. When? As of now. Okay. Hey, how is the new batch? Well, I'm glad I don't have to drink it myself, but it's fit for public consumption. Meaning nobody will drop dead at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Chick, I'll drop you here where it'll be easy for you to hail a cab. I've got to turn off to the next corner. Uh, thanks, boss. I'll get right on the sales pitch. Good. Report to me at my apartment this afternoon. Body's right down this way, Chief. Anyone been here at the morgue to claim it yet? No, and no one's apt to. Guy lived alone. There's no record of any family. Here, I'll open it up. Well, whoever strangled him had a mighty powerful pair of hands. Look how big those horizontal bruise lines are running around the neck. Like a gorilla did it. Oh. Where are his clothes? Uh, in that locker over there. You want to see him? Not necessarily. Anything found in the pockets? Oh, just some small change, a couple of dollar bills, and a ticket stub from the racetrack. You're sure this is Scott? Oh, positive. Oh, here's the chart with his measurements. We must have checked it with the records at headquarters. Thanks. Oh, that's odd. What's that, Chief? Well, according to this chart, Scott here had... Harrington, I think I've got a whole new angle on this case. 
Hi, this is Jim Packers with news about why Lazy Boy is America's comfort favorite. It appeals to men because of rugged construction and he-man comfort. Women love it because there are beautiful styles that match any decor. And there's an amazing choice of hundreds of colors and fabrics. A Lazy Boy lets you recline to any position, even full bed. Put a Lazy Boy in your living room and into your life. See your Lazy Boy dealer today. He's waiting. Run down there. Go. Oh, oh. Yes, indeed. Hi, I'm Jim Backus with news about an exciting sale taking place at your Lazy Boy dealers today. You may now put a famous Lazy Boy reclining chair into your living room at unbelievable savings. The ultimate in beauty and comfort can be yours in the style of your choice to match your favorite decor. Don't just sit, relax, and recline sumptuously in a Lazy Boy. Your choice of quality colors and fabrics. See your Lazy Boy dealer today. <laughs> Do that. Hey, hurry up. He's waiting. Yes, he is. At 19, Jill Kinmont was one of America's top women skiers, till an accident on an icy slope left her paralyzed. Now, 17 years later, she's a teacher, a good teacher. I guess you can say I've overcome my handicap, but I couldn't have done it alone. I had family, friends, people who accepted me, believed in me, and helped me believe in myself. Yet there are millions of handicapped people in this country who aren't getting the acceptance they deserve because some people think that a handicapped person can't hold down a job, can't pay the rent, can't learn, can't be a human being. Well, unless you recognize that we are human beings with feelings, with skills, with a sense of responsibility, then you're adding a handicap we can't overcome. This public service message brought to you on behalf of the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare and the Advertising Council. I'm pretty good, boss. Glad to hear a chick. How much stuff did you unload? Nearly 400 cases. Good start. Any protests? Nah. A couple of saloon keepers beef, but they signed orders right away when I mentioned what happened to Mr. Williams. Just like you said they would. I knew it had worked. It's an old, reliable system. Excuse me, chick, while I get the door... Good afternoon, Snyder. Oh, hello, Bonner. This is my assistant, Mr. Harrington. Well, come in, both of you. Thank you. Well, look who's here, Chief. Mr. Chick Ennis. Oh, hello, Ennis. How's the strong-arm business these days? I think I'll be running along, Mr. Snyder. Okay, Chick. What's your hurry? Well, what do you mean? Hey, look, hey, look I got Sit down. What do you want? I want to talk to you about an old pal of yours, Al Scott. I suggest you stay, Ennis. Yeah, but I... You might as well do as they say, Chick, until we find out what's on their uh, minds. Yes, you might as well. We have a few more questions having to do with the death of Mr. Williams. I'm glad to cooperate, gentlemen. Fire away. First of all, Snyder, we have very definite clues which point to a man named Al Scott as the murder suspect. Oh, really? Yes. One clue was a set of fingerprints. The other was a hat. Sounds as though you're onto something. Very definitely. You see, we think those clues were planted in order to mislead us. Who would go to all that trouble, Varner? I'm certain you would. Are you still trying to link me with the murder of Williams? We no longer have to try, Snyder. Look, Varner, I don't have to take this from you. I'm not going to talk to you anymore without my attorney present. That's certainly your privilege. And my mouthpiece is the best money can buy. Everything I got is the best. Just remember, Varner, I'm the top man in my business. You better get off that ego trip, Snyder. Your big head has put you right into the gas chamber. Wait, what do you mean? You ever seen this hat before? No. Why? It was found in the basement of the courthouse. 
It's your hep, Snyder. You're crazy. How's that, Ennis? Well, the hep belonged to Al Scott. How do you know? Because... Shut up, Chick. Because you planted it there? He never saw it before. Let him answer the question. Well, I ain't talking without Mr. Snyder's lawyer. You talked enough already. Right, Chief? Right, Arrington. No one in this town is going to hang a murder rap on me. As I said before, Snyder, your big head has led you right to the gas chamber. I don't know what you're getting at. Just this. I thought that this hat with the initials A.S. did belong to Al Scott... When I went over his measurement chart at the morgue, I was somewhat astonished at the small size of his head. And when I recalled that this had a size seven and a half, I suddenly realized the initials A.S. also stood for Andrew Snyder. Boys, you idiot. You took my hat from the back seat of the car instead of Al Scott's. Honest, boy. I, believe me, I got up. You call it, you two. Call it now. That's better. I get the cuffs on them, Harrington. With pleasure, boy. And don't feel too badly about being trapped by the size of your head. Chick here was trapped by the size of his hands. What do you mean, trapped? Precisely that. That's right, Chick. Your paws are so big I could barely get those cuffs on your wrists. Man, you got fingers like bunches of bananas. I'd like to get them around your neck. Which is exactly what you did to Al Scott. Who says? The strangle marks. You left some mighty impressive evidence on his throat. Nah, anybody could have done that. Anybody with hands the size of yours, you mean. You'll never win any arguments here, Harrington. Save them for the courtroom. You won't win them there either. You got no witnesses. On the contrary. You supplied us with an excellent witness. Who's that? Mr. Williams. Even though he's a corpse, when you put him on the witness stand, he practically convicted both of you. That's right, boss. You can thank Williams for the whole mess we're in. Well, boys, where you're going, you'll be able to thank him personally. And when you see him, thank him for us, too. You know what time this is? Ragtime. Wrong. It's clearance time at your Ford dealers right now. You know what that's time for? A waltz. A smooth deal. On all his Ford pickups, Broncos, Rancheros, and vans. Prices may never be this low again. And... I should march right down there, right? Right. Because you'll also see Ford's all-new Super Cab pickup. Super Cab? It's stealing the march from all the other two-door pickups for roominess. Super Cab is the only two-door pickup roomy enough for a rear bench seat. Holds a family of six. I didn't know that. And you can fold the optional bench seat down for cargo. Or get optional fold-down facing jump seats. Or without rear seats at all, you've got 44 cubic feet of load space behind the front seat. I didn't know that either. <laughs> Yes, your local Ford dealer is rocking the pickup scene with his Super Cab news and clearance sale. So you should roll down there soon. You know that? Now I know that. I'm Rod Serling. Close your eyes. Exercise your imagination. And join us again on our next presentation of... The Zero Hour. The Corpse Takes the Stand was adapted for radio by Glenn Hall Taylor. Ross Martin was heard as Benedict Barna. Featured in the cast were Billy Lolly, Mike Rye, Dick Ryle, and Johnny Hamer. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Collis, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Radio Productions Incorporated. Music is composed and conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman, associate producer. This has been a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System.